0: to my two cents podcast this is episode 126 which is entitled society i'm your host g2 and before i get into today's topics i just want to read off the national food days of the week today being sunday mother's day so first of foremost, happy mother's day to all the mothers out there and also happy mother's day to you mom i know you're listening so happy mother's day um today it is may 14th it is buttermilk biscuit day tomorrow may 15th it is chocolate chip day May 16th, Barbecue Day. May 17th, it is Walnut Day as well as Cherry Cobbler Day. May 18th, it is Cheese Souffle Day. May 19th, it is Devil Food Cake Day. And to finish it off, May 20th, it is Quiche Lorraine Day. What is a Quiche Lorraine? I have no idea. I know it's basically quiche with probably like some meat, cheese. I believe that's basically what that is. But that's on May 20th for anybody that wants to make that. Now, with that out of the way, let's go over to international news. I want to talk about uh, Italy. Italy's government is talking about the skyrocketing of pasta prices. I didn't know this was a thing until I looked it up. That's just come from ABC News. Italy's government is on full alert following a national problem skyrocketing pasta prices. Italy's Minister of Enterprise and Made in Italy, Adolfo Iruzzo, chaired an emergency meeting on Thursday covering government officials, trade and consumer association representatives and distributors for crisis talks to discuss soaring pasta costs, which have seen the Italian staple rise by more than double the rate of inflation, according to the data from the European Central Bank. As it was stated, the price of pasta rose for two consecutive months by 17.5% in March, followed by a 165 rise in April when compared to the same periods a year ago. This is despite the falling price of durum wheat, which has dropped by 30% according to officials. The crisis committee aimed to examine trends in pasta prices, monitor the dynamics that have contributed to the rising costs of pasta goods, as well as examine expectations for the coming months of the year. Having read that, I had no idea Italy was having problems with their pasta prices being high. I just thought, okay, that's at least one place I thought that inflation at least in the food area wouldn't have touched to be honest with you um they do state the statistics show the average italian eats about 23 kilos of pasta per year so again they eat a lot of pasta over there in italy which again that's like the capital of pasta italy at least in america we think that's the capital italy so you that's what i would determine just being being an average uh, american here anyway getting to the point um I didn't think pasta would rise over there in Italy. They eat it so much, you would think they would try to keep that at a reasonable amount of price. But apparently, the prices of pasta is going up and up. I'm pretty sure the Italian people aren't happy about it, but they're going to pay the price. Just like we over here in America, we pay the price uh, for things that we want for our joy and comfort. So that's just what people over there in Italy have to do if they want pasta. Just pay the price. Hopefully, their government can figure that out because, again... You Italians, you guys eat a lot of pasta. So I hope to uh, hear from what you guys are going to do. Hopefully, you guys, uh, pasta prices go down. And I hope over here in America, our prices for uh, regular food costs are going down, hopefully. Because when you go into the store, prices fluctuate. Some days or weeks, it might be up in a one category and it might drop down. And next week, it goes topsy-turvy. But you just know that, OK, you can expect. The prices, too, go up, so you got to, like, quickly uh, grab as much as you can of one particular food item whenever the price is low. That's what I've at least learned from uh, watching my mother, seeing how she uh, goes about her shopping habits. So that's just something for everybody to know. If you see something low that you eat for that week, go and buy a complete abundance of it and just store it and just... Have it in your house, because one day you're going to want it, and it might not be there, and then you might want to go and buy it, and then it's a price that you thought, oh my God, how did it get this high of a price whenever the following week, well, the week before, you could have gotten it at a low price, and you just didn't, because you thought it was going to be the exact same price the next week. So again, that's just something I want people to uh, keep conscious of. Just know your prices for your uh, weekly, not going to say weekly budget, but just Check the prices whenever you go out shopping and just keep that in mind. Do you want to buy abundance of this or you can just wait? Now, moving over to the Ukraine war, the Wall Street Journal would post four Russian military aircraft downed near border with Ukraine. Two Russian fighter jets and two military transport helicopters crashed in southern Russia on Saturday while Ukrainian forces struck deep into Russian controlled territory in eastern Ukraine moves that suggest kiev's military capabilities are growing the crashes are the worst losses for a russians military aviation since the start of its full-scale invasion of ukraine in february 2022 when moscow mistakenly assumed that ukrainian air defenses have been destroyed it has lost more than 70 planes since then so as it looks the ukraine government or the ukraine uh Arm's forces they're starting to really fight back against the Russian forces here and I like that because at the beginning of the war I had no idea Ukraine was going to fight back against uh Russia as you look at the map Russia is a big country Ukraine's not that big compared to Russia so I thought that this was going to be a clean sweep for Russia if I'm going to be truly honest with you and I think I said that a year ago but I was always hoping and praying that Ukraine was able to fight back and they would uh be able to end this war relatively quick. But again, it's been a whole year and months now, and they still haven't gotten done with this yet. But Ukraine, it seems like they're starting to go on more of the attack instead of being on the defensive. And I like that. I like seeing the Ukraine forces uh, be on the attack. I like hearing that they're uh, gaining more of their location that was controlled by Russian uh, forces from this war back this week. They said they gained a mile from the Russian forces and I like hearing that and also more good news on the way for the Ukraine as it would be announced that Germany would announce its biggest military aid package yet for the Ukraine. This Saturday Germany has sent strong signals yet of its commitment to backing Ukraine in its battle against Russian uh, composers promising more tanks, armored vehicles, and air defensive systems in its largest weapon packages for Kiev. The total package totaling 2.7 billion euros or about 2.95 billion dollars. They will say this move was part of a budding effort by the Chancellor Olaf Schultz and President Vladimir Zelensky of Ukraine to draw a line under a year of rocky relations over Germany's hesitation to provide weapons and solidify a partnership that may prove increasingly critical to maintain European unity in backing the war. So I like that Ukraine again is gaining... um, leverage they're gaining more aid not just from america because it always seems that america is constantly giving ukraine uh weapons and aid and i mean just buttloads of money just going into the weaponary uh aid to the ukraine now just hearing how uh germany is doing the exact same thing now i like seeing that and hopefully again uh ukraine they can end this war hopefully by this year is over that's what i'm hoping and i hope that ukraine people wish for that too and i hope that even the Russian people wish for that too because i know as i said before people in russia they don't want this war they never did want this war It's always about one guy putin and hopefully again somebody in putin's camp could talk to putin and say listen dude we went at this for a whole year we gotta call it quits they're not giving up we thought it was gonna be a easy win quick blip it hasn't been that we took in some losses that we didn't expect i'm hoping that somebody can just get into the ear of putin and Kind of tell them, you know, that we need to kick rocks and get out of here and just regroup and do away with all this. That's what I'm hoping for. But again, congrats to the Ukraine people. They're uh, people that are in the war and that's running their military forces right now because they're doing a brilliant job of just being on the attack instead of being on the defensive. So hopefully, uh, again, before this year is over, you guys could end the war and reclaim your land and start rebuilding back what you guys have lost. Now, we're moving away from international news. Let's go over and focus to more of the stuff that happened over into the United States. Um, You know what? Let me backtrack that. This technically still has something to do with international news because people over in other countries have to deal with this too. But over here in the States, we have to deal with this now because a policy that was up whenever Trump was towards the end of his presidency when COVID happened, Title 42, has ended in the bare grips of chapter or Title 42 is that... People that came over from Mexico to try to get into the United States, they could not. They had to be turned away because COVID was rampant. COVID was a thing. COVID was killing everyone. And we did not want people from another country, a.k.a. the immigrants or migrants, however the hell people want to name uh, the people that's coming over from Mexico or try to get into America, but they're still citizens. The citizens from Mexico to come over to America carrying freaking covid That's what America, at least the government, at the time that policy was. That's the reason why they turned away those uh, people with that uh, ruling, that whole Title 42 business, whenever the pandemic stuff happened. But it did expire uh, midnight on Friday. And now that thing has been away. And now you have the opportunity for people that was trying to get into America all this time during the COVID era to now try to get into America, but we're now at an impasse because now there's people that are trying to come in and there's uh, not a lot, that I'm just going to be blown with you, not a lot that people can do. There's not a lot that uh, people can do. I'm not even sure they could even get in here, to be honest with you. Um, I don't know how this thing's going to work. I really don't know because I want to read you guys something here because this came from this week as this comes from Politico. New York City sends first bus of asylum seekers to suburbs despite backlash. The administration of New York City Mayor Eric Adams dispatched a bus of asylum seekers to a town north of the city Thursday, marking the first time City Hall has successfully sent migrants to the suburbs as it deals with strains on its own social safety net. On Thursday morning, a few dozen asylum seekers were put on the coach bound for a hotel in Orange Lake, a Hamlet, with 10,000 residents about 70 miles north of the city in Orange County, according to City Hall. We are coordinating explaining to our colleagues in the state that this is a statewide issue, Adams said Thursday during an unrelated press briefing. The moderate Democratic mayor drew a distinction between what the city is doing and the actions of Texas Republican Governor Greg Abbott, who Adams has accused of sending busloads of migrants to the city without warning. We're paying for services. We're only taking volunteers. We are communicating with officials up there on what we're doing, Adams said. Some may not like it, but people can't say we're not communicating. Many of those colleagues, however, have found the city's outreach lacking. Um, Republican Orange County Executive Steve Newhouse said in an interview Thursday, he spoke with Adams a day earlier and asked for more information about the migrants who would be arriving and the services that would be provided. Ultimately, he urged the mayor to delay the move. We've had some very heated conversation between the mayor and myself. Nothing nasty, but I said, look, it this can be a real security problem if you bring these folks up here and we have zero information. So where we're at right now is that people have no idea what to do with the people that are trying to come over into America, looking for refuge, looking for a home and shelter, all these type of things. People don't know what to do at all. As a matter of fact, I want to read you something else. And this is another thing that came out. There are judges that are just being backed with mad different cases about, again, migration, immigrants trying to come into the states. This comes from the New York Times, and it would say that The end of Title 42 pandemic restrictions has focused no attention on a severe shortage of judges. The results of longstanding neglect that has overwhelmed the immigration court system with the backlog of more than 2 million cases. The court system is riddled with years-long delay and low morale as a workforce of about 650 judges' struggles to keep up with the volume of immigration cases, leaving undocumented immigrants who have long-awaited in the US in limbo. So again, we're still at a point where we have no idea what to do. America has no idea what to do. Yes, you have certain people that want immigration to come in. You want people to come over to the States. You want them to have a good life. You want them to actually live out the American dream, the tagline of America. And then you have certain people that say, no, turn them around. We don't have any room for them over here because we have homeless already as a problem in mad many states in the big states like the Californias the New York and probably even Texas and Florida like the bigger states there's homeless problems but the jobs and all that type of stuff around in America aren't that much there's scarcity there's jobs being closed left and right see this is what I'm saying we have no idea what we're doing over here in theory and in, in rationale reasoning, Yes, we want people to come over. We want people to try to live their best life because you only got one life to live on this planet and you want to try to live it the best that you can and make a way for your family to live good after you're gone. That's what it's all about. But we have to look at things of reality basis here. We have to look at reality. I don't see too many immigrants being able to come over here. I don't see that. I see a lot of them probably being turned away and going right back to uh, their country right back to their original location and trying to come back into America probably in a legal way and I don't know what is going to happen. I don't know. This whole thing still technically new with Title 42 being done with the whole immigrant thing, the whole illegal crossing over into the border isn't new but just dude, nobody knows what to do. This whole thing has been going on for years and years, decades and again I hope that Something does come of it. Somebody does figure something out. The government figures something out. I hope that just something gets figured out personally. Now I move over to immigration. I want to talk about Daniel Penny, the guy that is accused of choking the subway. Rider Jordan Neely out to death. He has been released on bond um, this past Friday. Former U.S. Marine Daniel Penny turned himself into New York City on Friday in connection with the chokehold death of Jordan Neely abroad, a subway train, AB News has reported Penny, 24, was placed under house arrest for second-degree manslaughter, and he was handcuffed. He appeared in court under police guard and did not enter a plea. Penny's defense attorney did say that Penny has been fully cooperative Throughout the process, he also told reporters that Penny himself turned himself in here voluntarily and with the sort of dignity and integrity that is characteristic of his dignity of service to this grateful nation. Attorneys for Penny said in a statement Friday, we fully expect that Danny will be exonerated of all charges. Penny's surrender came one day after the Manhattan District Attorney's Office confirmed that he will be arrested for second degree manslaughter, for which the maximum penalty is 15 years in prison. I don't see this man getting 15 years of prison. I don't see it. I see him probably taking a plea deal, to be honest with you. I don't see this thing even going to trial. If it goes to trial, I'll be shocked personally. Um, I would just say just take a plea deal. And again, this is still me being on the fence 50-50 here. I don't like the... uh, This one's armchair quarterbacking. This case, this one is really armchair quarterbacking here. Again, as I said last week, we're living in a crazy time. We're living where now you have to take people at their word, especially whenever people do some lunacy things. And if you think I'm lying here, I want to just read you something here that did not get a lot of coverage here. I want to read you this Um, as it's come from Detroit Free Press. Gunman shot every customer in Detroit gas station after warning the clerk victim says. A victim in a Saturday triple shooting at a Detroit gas station said the gunman warned a clerk during a dispute that he would shoot every customer in the store before opening fire. David Langston says he pleaded, don't shoot to the gunman, according to police, was angered in a dispute with the clerk over $3. He said his best friend, Gregory Samuel Kelly, also begged the clerk to open the gas station's locked doors and let them out before shooting. The doors remained locked, and the gunman shot the customers inside, Langston told Free Press reporter Jasmine Barmore, who is a friend of the victims. Wayne County Prosecutor confirmed late Tuesday evening that the clerk locked the gas station with the patrons and the shooter inside. Samuel McCray, 27, of Detroit, is charged in the triple shooting with first-degree murder, two counts of assault. With intent to murder, three counts of felony, firearm, and another count of possessing a firearm as a felon. They will say McCrae attempted to make a purchase inside the gas station, and when his car was declined, he attempted to leave with unpurchased items. The clerk then locked the doors, worthy said in a news release. McRae began arguing with the clerk before he opened fire inside the locked gas station. After three people had been shot, the clerk unlocked the door and McRae fled. McRae was apprehended by police Sunday. Okay, so there you go. They said that the investigation in this case is not finished. So, more than likely, they're going to probably try to find more things. But you get my point here. My man said, listen, I'm going to shoot up this place if you don't unlock the doors because he did not, uh, he was trying to walk out with items that he did not purchase legally. But the clerk did not unlock the door. So, the man starts shooting up the joint. Now, I put this in conjunction to the train station situation where Jordan Neely, he was on there from accounts on there. They have said that Jordan Neely came up there. He said that he wanted food, water. He doesn't care if he goes to jail. He doesn't care if he dies. So you got to take things under consideration and look at things under the lens of, okay, what's going to happen? As I said before, we live in crazy times. And as I just read to you about a man shooting a freaking gas station because he couldn't walk out with Unpurchased items. The man shot over $3 in a gas station. $3. That tells you how messed up this world is. I'm just saying I can't put the whole full blame on Daniel Penny right now. Now, this is me armchair quarterbacking. Now, people might say, listen, Gerald, but Jordan Neely, he didn't have a weapon on him. Again, this is armchair quarterbacking. You don't know at the moment what someone has on them if they make all those type of uh, statements, even though someone could be deranged or not all the way there mentally. There have been situations where people were not all the way there mentally. They had some type of weapon on them and they start poking up someone or they start doing things to certain people. And again, people don't know these things until they start getting shanked up or something starts happening in that moment. So again, we're at a 50-50 crossroads, at least for me. Yes, Jordan Neely, he should not be dead right now. He should be out here living and be put more than likely into a place where you could look after him. Someone of the, again, the psychiatric uh, facility or a mental uh, health building can look after Jordan Neely. I would rather him be alive now and in those places than being dead right now. But. When you have the high sight of 50-50, you can say all these type of things, but when you're in that moment and you have those training like a U.S. Marine, as Daniel Penny is, I don't know what the deal is. I don't know what type of stuff Daniel Penny saw in his time when he was away doing or being a uh, Marine. I don't know. We'll have to wait and see when all that information comes out, if this stuff does go to trial or what type of information usually gets leaked out to the press. I don't know. I would like to know what type of a psychiatric situation Daniel Penny is in. Because, again, I've said this before, and I've done research on this before. I've done freaking two capstones about it. Um People that have been in the service, whether you're in any branch, I don't care what branch you are, you have something in your head. You're not all the way there. So I don't know what he thought at that time and that he had to just run up and take action. I don't know. So, again, my whole... Statement is, I can't blame Daniel Penny for what he did, but I don't like that he ended up killing a man. I think that there's a way that you can choke someone and you can easily, like, put them down and not choke them for that long and hold them that long. I think there's a way you can just restrain them and hold them down by putting your arm around their arms and try to hold them down on the ground. Something like that. If you really do feel that threatened, there's different ways you can go about it. So, again, again, this is me being armchair quarterbacking. But time will tell as this thing goes about. But long story short, in the end, do I think Daniel Penny is going to be going to jail? Yes. Do I think that he'll take a plea deal? Yes. I think he is taking a plea deal. I don't think he's going to uh, have this thing go to trial. And if it does, I'm going to be shocked personally. I would rather just take a plea deal and see what you can get out of that. Because I think you'll have people... Be on your side more if you take a plea deal, because if you go to court, you have a whole 50 50 situation as we're doing now. And people could get restless and people might do something uh dangerous out there. But time will tell with that as uh more information will come out about this case here. Now, move over to the next topic here, as this is a topic that I talked about months ago, but. I'm just going to read this off to you real quick as it's come from Insider. As the title will read Execution of Death Row Inmate Who Had Three Last Meals and Nine Scheduled Execution Dates Blocked by the Supreme Court. The U.S. Supreme Court blocked Oklahoma from executing Richard Glossop, a man who has already had three separate last meals and faced numerous scheduled executions. The Death Row Inmate has been involved in a long standing battle to live after he was incarcerated, accused of a 1997 murder for hire plot. The high court put the execution on hold indefinitely after Oklahoma's attorney general said Glossop should not be killed later this month. Glossop, who was in prison for the last 26 years, thought he was facing the end of his life on May 18th during his incarceration. The 60-year-old has had nine execution dates, three of which applied until he was just hours away from being killed by the state in September of 2015. Prison officials realized they had received the incorrect lethal drug only moments before he was scheduled to be executed. His execution was stayed, and the incident led to a seven-year monitor on death penalty on the state, according to the Associated Press. There have been two separate investigations into the circumstances of Glossop's case, who has repeatedly maintained his innocence. Now here's a quick summary on why Richard was imprisoned. In 1998, Glossop was convicted and sentenced to death for the order Of the murder of his former boss, Barry Vantress, the man who admitted to killing Vantress, Justin Seed, was sentenced to life in prison to avoid the death penalty in exchange for his testimony against Glossop. However, an independent investigation commissioned by Oklahoma Attorney General Ginner Drummond concluded that Richard Glossop should be given a new trial due to multiple and cumulative errors. During the ongoing original proceedings, CNN did report. Now, having said all that, the Supreme Court is still going to be looking into his case to see if he's probably going to be staying inside prison, going to be executed or not, even though there's been like evidence to support that a man had nothing to do with his former boss dying. Only time will tell what the Supreme Court. I don't know. Personally, I remember going through this uh, case or talking about this case months ago, and for this to pop up on my timeline for me to read about it again, I was like, oh, okay, yeah, let me bring this back to the people. But versus Glossip, he's still alive. I still feel that he shouldn't be inside the prison system if he had nothing to do with it, but time will tell what the court system has decided to do. I hope he does get out, but as I said before, time will tell. Now moving over to our next topic here, as this is an interview that Lindsay Davis, at ABC News correspondent, had with Deja Taylor. That is the mother of the six-year-old boy who shot his teacher in the hand at the elementary school, I believe, in January. They finally had a sit-down interview here. Uh, Deja Taylor was with her lawyer by her side and also her uh, father or the son's grandfather by her side. And I'm just going to play you a snippet of what they talked about but after I played this snippet, I'm going to talk to you guys about what I found interesting about this interview. You released a statement shortly after the incident, and I just want to quote it. You said, our son suffers from an acute disability, and it was under a care plan at the school that included his mother or father attending school with him and accompanying him to class every day. The week of the shooting was the first week when we were not in class with him. What can you tell us specifically about your son's disability?
1: He has ADHD, or some are able to have it at a very mild rate, but he's off the wall, doesn't sit still ever.
0: And why did the school decide that it was no no longer necessary for the family to be in in class?
1: Because we ended up working with another doctor. He had started medication, and he was meeting his goals um, academically.
0: Had your son ever spoken like about hurting the teacher? Or was there anything, like any angst that he had against her? No, he
1: actually really liked her. I will say that week he did come home and he was talking, you know, a lot about how he felt like he was being ignored. So he would come home and, mom, I don't think that she was listening to me. I didn't like that. And then actually he ended up getting suspended the next day because he was in class. He was trying to tell her something. And she asked him to go sit back down. He threw his arms up. He said, fine. And when he threw his arms up, he knocked her phone out of her hand on accident. And he got suspended for that.
0: Now, if you want to listen to the whole entire interview in its totality, you can go to ABC News' YouTube page and you have that up there. Now, the thing that I found interesting out of that interview is that you could tell what type of tactic the mother or the lawyer will be going with uh, the child. You heard how... They had a plan set up in place for the child to have his parents, either the mother or father, be inside the classroom with him. But they went to a new doctor and he saw how the son hit all his goals. So they put in place for them not to be there. And just in case, well, not just in case, just so happened, uh, the shooting took place when the parents, the week the parents weren't in the school, because, again, the child met all their goals for them not to be there and it's funny how you could tell exactly the angle where they're going or at least lawyer is going because again you want to take all the blame off of a six-year-old you want to put it on to the medical profession for them misdiagnosing it or missing it or the school for just not handling it properly because you could tell the angles of which they're going but I had to do a little bit of research myself because I never dealt with ADHD I'm a fairly normal quote-unquote person I don't have none of those uh, abilities that hinder me in my everyday life so I had to look up something and that's the symptoms of ADHD In children and teenagers, and what I found was that they have a big list here, and I'm just going to read off a couple of them, and it's having a short attention span and being easily distracted, making careless mistakes, appearing forgetful or losing things, being unable to stick to tasks that are tedious or time consuming, appearing to be unable to listen or carry out instructions, constantly changing activities or tasks, having difficulties organizing tasks. They say the hyperactive and impulsiveness, the main signs of that are being unable to sit still, especially in calm or quiet surroundings, constantly fidgeting, being unable to concentrate on tasks, excessive physical movement, excessive talking, being unable to wait their turn, acting without thinking, interrupting conversations, little or no sense of danger. Now, relative conditions in children and teenagers with ADHD, and under these conditions, there will be a litany of things. But I'm about to list off two of them that I feel that the lawyer for this case will be focusing on, which is ODD, which is Oppositional Deficient Disorder, and this is defined by negative and disruptive behavior, particularly towards authority figures such as parents and teachers. And the other one is Conduct Disorder. This often involves a tendency towards high antisocial behavior, such as stealing, fighting, vandalism, and hurting people or animals. Now, as you know, the ending result is the six-year-old ended up shooting his teacher, so that can follow under conduct disorder and also ODD, because he went against a authority figure because he was not getting uh, the type of time and or help that he might have needed at that time so i can see that the lawyer for the mother might use this in her case which her court date will be on august 15th and she's charged with felony count of child neglect and misdemeanor account of recklessly leaving a child arm as to endanger a child she does take responsibility for the child since he can't take responsibility for himself but the thing is I just want to know how the lawyer is going to use that in her case. I can see him using it because obviously what I just read off to you, it is under the ADHD bubble. And again, the mother did kind of lay down the foundation saying that we had a plan in place with the school. He, The child met his marks thanks to the new uh, doctor that they went to. So I can see them literally going from putting the blame onto the school to the doctor so, it's all jumbled up into one thing. I think the mom's still going to go down. She's going to have to pace, uh some type of penalty for that because she did admit to taking accountability for that. So, I just want to keep everybody up to date on what's going on with this situation. Again, a six-year-old shooting their teacher. Very, very weird. It doesn't happen. I don't even think it happens. Not even really. It just happens in general. But this was the first time it's happened. So, Again, this is still fairly new to everyone. I just want to keep everybody up to date because I find this completely interesting. And I want to know what the school is going to do because the school is still facing a $40 million lawsuit from the teacher because she filed that against them because they ignored multiple warnings about the student's behavior uh, as well as concerns that he may have had a gun. Well, obviously, we know he had a gun, but they got some notification of him having a gun. At least that's what's coming from the teacher. Uh, suing the school so again the situation is all big weird and i will be keeping you guys up to date with more information as information comes out now on to the next thing i want to talk about here as this comes from usa today as the title read fbi investigating texas school after first grader allegedly performed sex act recorded on ipad The FBI is investigating an alleged sexual assault that occurred at a Texas elementary school and recorded on a district device following a week of protests and threats made against the school. Plainville South Elementary parents say the district failed to properly communicate with them after a first grader was reportedly forced to perform a sexual act on another student on April 19th while a teacher was in the room. The district's IT department found a video recording of the incident taken by one of the students on a password-protected iPad, school officials said in a statement. After the Plainville Independent School District canceled classes on Monday and Tuesday due to threats made against elementary school and its educators, the school district announced Monday that it is working with the FBI. Now, you might be asking yourself, how did anybody know the protesters, or how did anybody know this thing actually even existed? Well, it's because of a Facebook statement. A parent posted a Facebook statement on April 28th, claiming that the elementary school principal and their superintendent did nothing after an alleged incident occurred. And on May 1st, uh, the principal, the assistant principal, and the IDS assistant superintendent said in a statement that the teacher was working with a group of students and did not witness the incident. The incident was recorded by one of the students on a district electronic device, the statement said. The following day, April 20th, the teacher noticed a group of students off task, when she took an iPad away from one of the students, a technician opened the locked device on April the 21st when administrators discovered content showing the alleged sexual act. The two parents legal guardians were notified that concerning content was identified on that device and that Child Protective Services will be notified of the matter. So the teacher was placed on administrative leave pending the investigation. So the teacher is still on leave right now. I don't know what to say about this. The school year is almost done with. Like, it is literally done for college uh, classmates and kids. And now for the elementary schoolers, middle school, high schoolers, they're about to be out of school. I know, at least for down here, they're about to be out. And just to even see or even read something like that about a sexual incident that happened to first graders, it's sickening. Why would another first grader... Or oh, where would a first grader get that idea to have another first grader perform a sexual act on them? Again, this is still allegedly here. No video has come out. And I don't want no video to ever come out. Because personally, that sounds and would look really, uh, really, really nasty. I'm just going to be blunt honest with you. I don't think nobody should want to see that at all. Um, I just don't know why another kid would want another kid to perform any type of sexual act on them. Now, I feel that this is where adults and even the oldest and even the second oldest siblings need to go and have a conversation with each other to try to keep your child and or younger siblings off of inappropriate things on television and or online because that's where these kids will be getting their ideas to do certain things that's where a lot of people get their ideas again television and Online, But impressionable young children, they're impressionable and they're real curious. Their minds are clay. They sh- get shaped up by whatever they're watching. And especially if they have no uh, type of guidance like guiding them, they're easily able to have their minds shaped by anything. So I feel that a parents and the oldest and elder siblings need to have a conversation and try to safeguard their uh, siblings and or children from inappropriate things because if they keep themselves off those inappropriate things if they keep their siblings and their kids off those inappropriate things we probably won't be getting situations like that i'm not gonna say that would happen but at least dim down the chances of things like this happening again but i'm just shocked about hearing something like this again you don't really want to hear no first grader or even anybody in elementary school thinking about any of this because they shouldn't even have any of that like on their mind or on the radar. But that's just, again, goes to the times of which we're in right now. So I'm just bringing you guys something that I don't think has been reported out there yet. I'm glad USA Today uh, did report it up. So I just got to wait and see if ABC, CBS will try to get in contact with uh, the FBI, see what they can find up here. And also, I want to know what the FBI has found out about the kid that got a swatch like, uh, like etched on them. So hopefully uh, one of the big news stations, ABC, CBS, CNN, NBC, even Fox will lock into the FBI, see what they can pull out of them. So again, we'll just wait on that and whenever the news uh, brings more information about it, I'll be bringing you guys the information here. Now, on to the next topic here. As just come from the Miami Herald as the title would read, Toddlers Locked in Hell on Earth Room. Fed only beef and cereal for weeks. Cops say a set of two-year-old twin boys are in critical condition after they were found locked in a hell-on-earth room, a West Virginia sheriff said. The Jackson County Sheriff's Department was notified about a possible child neglect case after one of the twins was found unresponsive on May 8th, the sheriff said in a video posted on Facebook May 9th. The child was brought to a hospital in complete renal failure, the sheriff said, and doctors are still unsure whether the child will survive. The medical staff told the sheriff the toddler was in a state of extreme malnutrition and dehydration. The sheriff's department was only alerted when the situation became dire, the sheriff said. The sheriff said the toddlers would be locked in the room wearing nothing but diapers for as long as six weeks at a time when they were inside. The parents would only feed them ground beef and Cheetos under the door. The parents also self-medicated the children for extended periods of time in order to get them to sleep so they wouldn't have to provide parental care. The children's mother was living in the basement of the apartment with her boyfriend, while her husband and the child's father lived upstairs. I think it's fair to say, given the circumstance at hand, I think the average barnyard animal would probably provide better parental care and nurturing than what these kids were afforded through the three adults living in this home. The sheriff would say that the twins and a third female child were removed from the home, All three adults have been arraigned on related charges. So this will go down as another story of why the hell do you have children if you're just going to do this to them? Put your kids up for adoption, you pathetic piece of scum. This is what I have a problem with. When you have people that make the decision to screw around and bring children into life, why don't you just put them in the adoptive system or you could just abort them if you know you do not have the funds to take care of them or you know you're just not right mentally in the head because again I do want to make this uh noted too people inside the well CPS child protective services or even the adoptive uh system in the foster homes some of them are not good foster homes they're not you've heard about people in the foster homes that never were adopted. They always were there. And people that were there, they either were abused or they were uh, used or they have some type of emotional scarring because they were there for all this time, seeing people get adopted and they don't get adopted. See, there's a lot of things that go into that. But this is just one of those stories of why would you have children if you are not in the right mental frame to take care of them? Or two, you might not have the finances to take care of them. Why have children at all? So if you're in one of these brackets, you don't have the money, you're not prepared physically, you're not prepared mentally, you need to either abort the child or just give it away to someone that you know that will actually take care of the child and you need to cut off all ties with the child. That's the way that I feel in certain situations because reading a story like this, this is disgusting. Hearing that two two-year-old twin boys were in a condition called hell on earth, where they were fed Cheetos, ground beef, and cereal, and that they were self-medicated by the parents so that the parents would not be able to basically be parents, a profession that they choose when they decided to give up the opportunity to either abort them or give them away to someone else, or even, as I said before, the adoption agency or foster care. They decided to hold on to them and basically make these twins their prisoners. This was disgusting. This was nasty to even read. They would name the parents of this situation. The parents' names are Michael and Lely Gillenwater and Lely's boyfriend, Michael Casto. Those were the three that basically treated these kids as nothing more than just insignificant nothings, to be completely honest with you. So, again, we'll have to wait and see how long they're going to be in jail for, what's going to be their uh, situation. They've been charged with child neglect charges. And I just want to know what's going to happen to them. Because if that kid, if one of the twins were in bad shape, and I mean extremely bad shape as they are uh, describing here, I don't know if they're going to up that to the highest form of child neglect charges that they can get. Or what, I don't know. Again, this is something that just happened this week. It's freshly new. And when more news about that comes around, best way I'm bringing that one around because this is a situation I think people need to mark on their, uh not going to say they counted, but mark as a story for whenever you hear someone say, hey, "Oh, you're pregnant, and you can just bring it up to them. Listen, do you have the funds? Do you have this or that? If you don't, if the state that you're in still has abortion being available to you, tell them to go get that. Or, or, If they know someone that needs a child, they can give that child up to them. If they do know them that well, or they can just give it up for uh, adoption. But again, there's multiple ways they can go about it. But I just don't want nobody to have children just for the hell of it and basically treat their kids as bad as these uh, twins and even the girl got treated. So again, please be self-aware of what you are doing when you are possibly bringing another life into this world. Now, moving away from a news topic that was tragic to a news topic that is basically inspirational, in a way, when you think about it. As this comes from Insider, as they would read, An eight-year-old boy who was lost and alone in the woods for two days survived by eating snow and covering himself in branches to stay warm. An eight-year-old boy in Michigan who got lost while out camping with his family spent two days fending for himself before rescuers found him on Monday. Nate Neiman went missing in the Porcupine Mountain Wilderness State Park of Michigan's Upper State Peninsula on Saturday afternoon, according to Michigan State Police. The boy went off to collect firewood but did not return to the family's campsite, prompting them to call the police. Michigan State Police and local police mobilized a search and rescue party of more than 150 people as well as K-9 units and aviation to search the roughly 40 square mile area in foot and from the air. On Monday afternoon, a volunteer located Neiman coddled under a log about two miles away from the campsite. He had braved the elements by taking the shelter under a log where he was ultimately found. He is in good health and reunited with his family, Michigan State Police said in a statement. In another tweet, Michigan State Police noted that many had asked how the second grader survived in the woods where temperatures were in the 30s and 40s. They will say the boy told them he covered up with branches and leaves for warmth, also blanketed the log he was under. He didn't have any food, but ate clean snow for hydration. Now, having read that, that is straight up craziness when you think of a second grader knowing what to do if they get lost. First of all, you don't ever want your kid to get lost. Let me make that perfectly clear. But just to read about that and just hear that a second grader knew, okay, cool, I got a Cover myself and how do I get warm? Okay, I try to grab as much things around me. Okay, I get the leaves. Put all them on me. Put all the branches on me. And it's cold out there in the 30s and 40s, so that kid had to at least get enough leaves and branches to try to cover him enough. And he had to blanket a log that he was under to try to maintain all that body warmth on top of him. And since he didn't have food. Okay, let me just eat snow. You ate snow. Snow that comes from the ground and it falls onto the earth earth that insects and all other animals trot around that is yo dog i couldn't do it this kid has my utmost greatest respect and just how i said with first graders probably going online and uh seeing things inappropriate that's how they know how to do this thing the second grader you probably watch certain things because he knew his parents were camping they were going to go camping the parents probably watched some outdoor stuff and I, that's the only way I can think of a second grader knowing exactly what to do if he gets lost in a, in a situation like this. That's the only way I can see it because this is just basically fight or flight right here. Certain people have it, certain people don't, but I think that he was equipped because, again, he got knowledge of it. That's just my personal belief and my personal thinking. But this is a story of triumph, and this is a story of, hey, if you ever do get lost... Just constantly have the faith that you will return and that someone will find you. Just have that in your mind because if a second grader could survive for two days, literally in 30 and 40 degree weather, trust me, you can survive if you happen to get lost out there in the woods. Just constantly have that faith in yourself, and your abilities, and just try to crank up all the knowledge you can get if you're going to go camping. That's at least my idea of what happened here. So again, kudos to the second grader that was able to think on his feet and handle what he had to handle out here because the world is a real dangerous place. It's real crazy out here. And for him to get lost from his parents for just collecting firewood. Again, I know the mom and dad had to get freaked out. I know that his family got freaked out. I'm glad that he's back with his families and all that good stuff. Again, that happened the past uh weekend and he got reunited with them this past Monday. So again this is a feel-good story, and I wanted to bring it up to you after me just reading off constant bad news topics constantly. So this is a bright thing to at least raise your hope and humanity in what uh, the future is for our next generation of children out here. Now, the last thing containing children, as this is coming about Lori Vallow Daybell's uh, case, she was found guilty of murdering two of her children and conspiring a murder Against a romantic rival, the NPR would report. The verdict was read aloud in the court shortly after 3 p.m. and the jurors were dismissed moments later. A sentencing hearing has not been set yet. It could be uh, several months before one can be heard. The judge did say uh, Lori Vallow could face life in prison. She and her husband, Chad Daybell, 54, were indicted on multiple counts two years ago, but they were being tried uh, separately. So now she has her... Time of court has been done. She's found guilty of murder. And now her husband, he's going to have his date set up. And the crazy thing about this was that when they read her uh, judgment or the verdict, she had no type of uh, face on her. She did not change her face. She was like stone faced about the whole thing. And it's real weird to me personally. It's real weird how you have children, whether you adopt one, and they do say that they, she adopted the boy, the daughter was hers. Either way, those two are your children. Because if you adopt a child, guess what? You're taking that child into your family, and you consider that child yours. At least that's the way that you're supposed to do it. Certain people do it for money aspects, but I digress. We're talking about Lori Vallow here. You have two children here that's supposed to be yours, that's supposed to be a pride and joy of yours, and you're supposed to watch over them, but you ended up killing them. Over what? over nothing they try to say that she was under some type of uh cult i don't give to flying saucers about any of that to be honest with you i don't get it if you don't want them around send them off to the grandparents send them off to somewhere else just don't kill children that's my whole big thing here with adults here if you don't want to have children around you Just give them away to your grandparents. Give them away to someone else that is responsible. Don't put them in a hellhole situation. Again, this harkens back to the twins that I was talking about earlier in the show here. Don't do that to children. Allow them to live. Allow them the opportunity to live. Allow them the opportunity to have a chance at life. Something that you are trying to literally take away from them. And in this case, Lori Vallow, she took away her children's chance to actually live a life. Legitimately, so yeah, whatever she gets, she rightfully deserves because this was stupid, completely, and this could have been completely uh, avoided. But hey, whatever it is, she's gonna get it, and she's gonna deserve it. Now on to someone that did deserve something, and again, this is not me promoting it, but I did say this would happen a couple months ago. Do you remember Shaquilla Robinson, the girl that happened to die in Mexico? She went down there with a trip with her friends. She ends up dying down there. Anyway, nobody gets arrested for that. The girls that were with her didn't get arrested. The girl that got uh seen on video beating us, Aquila Robinson, she didn't get arrested. Well, there's a video floating around on social media. I saw it on Twitter. And you can see in the video, there happened to be some group of ladies walking up to one of the girls that was with Aquila Robinson in Mexico. And... They just start beating up on her and the friend. And I don't know what to tell you. I told you off rip whenever I heard that nobody was going to be arrested. I said, okay, something's going to happen. And I thought, again, this is me, my own brain thinking, because I think of family as being family. I thought family was going to try to run down on these people, run down on the girls, run down on the people that were around. The loved one, Shaquille Robinson, that happened to die that did nothing while she got her head boom-bapped down there. But no, apparently this was just a random incident that some girls happened to meet see the women out and about in North Carolina, and they just started to go at them, boom-bopping them in the face and everything else. You can probably check it out on Twitter. There's probably videos circulating on Instagram. Um, Yeah, that's going down. I told you, somebody was going to get hurt. Somebody's going to get popped out here because a lot of people don't take... Pleasure in that. A lot of people don't understand how there is not an arrest in the Shaquilla Robinson case. There's not one arrest, not a single one. So we're at vigilante justice here. This is what vigilante justice looks like. People taking justice into their own hands because they see that the law, the people that's supposed to be protecting and serving is not doing their job because a girl has died and nobody was arrested. So that's what happened here. And more information is probably going to come out Um As the week goes by on social media and people are probably going to put other photos and videos of the incident that happened. But right now, yeah, go and check it out if you can't find it anywhere on social media so you can see it happening. But again, this is still my warning to police officers. I want you guys to do your job, do your work, try to find out who actually killed Shaquilla Robinson. I'm talking about the FBI. I'm talking about the people in government. You guys got to do something because there is still no way how a woman... Dies in Mexico, and you guys have her body get transported back here. And you mean to tell me that nobody gets arrested from the party with her? Her party that she went out to Mexico with nobody gets arrested for that. Nobody, it's still just weird to me. But again, it's America, so it is what it is on that. Now, moving over to celebrity news Robert De Niro, my man, he has a new baby. Uh, the baby was born April the 6th, it's a baby girl. Her name is Gia De Niro. Um, That's pretty wild to me. Robert De Niro, he's 79. This is now his youngest child that he has. And I don't know what to say about that. Apparently, that's not my kid. So personally, I do not care personally, personally. But when you think about it, my man is 79. His oldest child is 51. And he's got the youngest is now this baby. But before that, it was another child at the age of 11. He has a 51-year-old, a 46-year-old, two twin boys that are 27, and another boy that's 24, and his youngest daughter, well, before this new one, was 11, and now he has the baby, a new young baby. Now, uh, Robert De Niro did talk to Gail King. Gail King did let everyone know on CBS that this baby was planned, so they planned to have his baby, Robert De Niro, and his partner, Tiffany Chen. So, I don't know what is going on. Dude, my man, you are 79. You're going to turn 80 this year if you haven't already hit your birthday yet. I don't know if you did or didn't. But Either way, my guy, come on, bro. This is not fair for people to be putting that type of situation on their partner's list. We're going to be truly honest here. You're Robert De Niro. I get it. You get money. You get residual checks. You get all this type of stuff. I don't know what type of... Uh, sports teams—you probably got your money invested in, or what type of business investment you got yourself invested in. But, dude, my man, you're still out here impregnating and getting people pregnant, and then just, all right, we got another kid here. That is wild, seventy nine. But then again, you got to think about it. He's just following the lines of other people. I believe Mick Jagger—he has a kid out there, another young kid out there. Not recently, but I mean, like probably. One or two years old now, but it's still wild to think about these older dudes just straight up just having young babies. It is nuts. You should be great grandparents by now, if not great grandparents, but just a grandfather. You probably are already one. But my God, Robert, yo, let this be your last kid. That's all I'm asking for you because when you pass, and you will pass, cause you're not gonna live on this earth long. Let's just call a spade a spade here. You're 79. About to go 80 if you haven't already hit your birthday yet. My man, if your daughter's lucky enough, she'll have you for another, what, 10 years? And then maybe, just maybe you might be here or you might pass away. I'm not wishing that on anybody. Not saying that I wish that on you. I'm just speaking realistically. You might be gone within the next 10 years. And now your daughter got to spend time with a father who was old who couldn't really do much. I mean you probably had nannies to take care of her, but eh, it's still just weird to me. But again, this is rich people business, not my business. So you can do what you do, man. Hope you uh know what you're doing with this young baby, which you more than likely do since you plan this. But let's not get over the fact. Congratulations to Robert De Niro and uh Tiffany Chan for their new baby. I hope you guys uh do well. Now moving over to Kanye West and Adidas Adidas has said it will not destroy the unsold merchandise from its defunct uh, Yeezy partnership with Kanye West and will instead try to sell the stock and donate some money to those harmed by the rapper's comments. So they're going to plan on selling uh, some of the shoes that they have in their warehouse, but let's keep it a buck here. They're doing that so they can try to make profit here. Uh, Kanye West is entitled to 15% of commissions since they still have his uh, shoes So they have to give 50% of every sale and they say they will donate a portion to the proceeds to organizations of groups that kind of us have hurt. My point in question is when you say those situations that you're going to give a portion to the organizations, how much are you going to give away? When you say a portion, you could just say, well, I said a portion and that could literally be what 10 cents or whatever you ever like. Sell out of a shoe. See, that's my thing. A dollar of for every shoe, or ten dollars for every shoe. You can do little increments amount of money thing that you're giving off a big contribution when they say a portion to an organization. I just would like to know how much that portion size is for you to be given up to these organizations. But we will never know that because that's company business and that's nothing but the organizations business to know how much they're going to be giving away for that. But Hey, Adidas are gonna be selling uh Yeezy shoes. When have they, when are they gonna do it? I have no idea. There's no like announced date for when it's gonna happen, at least for right now, as I'm looking through everything. I have not seen an announced date for when they will be start uh selling back the shoes because again, people are gonna buy them because they got Kanye West's name on them. But hey, it is what it is. We all knew it was gonna come down to this. They were not gonna like burn any of their shoes that they have in stores, just got to make money. They lost money, stock. Since uh, Kanye isn't there and all the stuff that he said before he got enixed off of there. So they got to make money back. So this is their way of doing it. So we all knew it was going to come to this. So Kanye has money coming his way. And Adidas, well, hopefully they will sell the shoes. And we'll see what they come up with in the future. Since now they're really stepping away from Kanye West now. Now on to happier news. Jamie Foxx is out of the hospital and recuperating at home his daughter, Corinne Fox, would say Jamie Foxx is up and at him. According to his daughter, on May 12th, the actor's 29-year-old daughter took to Instagram stories to contradict media claims that her father's health had further declined. Yes, there was a thing going around this week saying that uh, loved ones of uh, Jamie Foxx are preparing for the worst. However, that is not the case. That is completely untrue. She would post an Instagram uh, story. Sad to see. How the media runs wild, she wrote in a post featuring a tabloid headline that reads, Jamie Foxx's loved ones reportedly preparing for the worst. My dad has been out at hospital for weeks recuperating. She continued, in fact, he was playing pickleball yesterday. Thanks for everyone's prayers and support. Concluding the post, uh, Jamie Foxx's daughter informed fans that they could look forward to an exciting work announcement coming next week. So I'm glad that Jamie Foxx is back. I'm glad that Jamie Foxx is recuperating. I'm glad that he's at least getting himself together, that's a good thing, because Jamie Foxx being in the hospital for a good, solid month, that was weird. Nobody still knows what the illness that he was dealing with, the family wants to keep that to themselves. That's within their right to do so. It's not us. It's not a thing for us, the media, to know, or even us, the regular people, to know what someone is dealing with, unless that person wants to come out and say it. And Jamie Foxx more than likely will say when he feels comfortable to say what he was dealing with at the time. But I'm just glad that he's doing well. He's getting himself better. That was one of those weird ones. I thought that, okay, I don't have to say nothing about Jamie Foxx because, okay, he'll just be in the hospital for, what, a week, and then he'll be out because Jamie Foxx, you don't think of him being a sickly guy. He's just one of those guys that happens to just be in movies or shows and be like, oh, that's Jamie. Okay, cool, what's up? But when I heard about him being in the hospital again, I just thought, okay, he's he's probably dealing with something. Let's let that go. He'll be up and at him in due time. And then as the weeks would go by, there would be nothing, nothing. And then you hear things about, okay, he's getting better. And then you hear something to contradict it. So you never really knew. That's why I stayed clear from this. But now that the daughter has said, you know, listen, my father's out of the hospital. He's recuperating. He's at home recuperating. He's doing well. I just want to throw that out to everybody to let everyone know that I was keeping watch of this. I just wanted to be respectful of the family about everything. So I'm glad that uh, Jamie is recuperating well and that his daughter came out to dispel and disparage all the other media outlets that were trying to run with this fake story about his loved ones uh, corralling around him and hoping for the worst. So I'm glad that Jamie's uh, doing better. And I believe that's everything... That I want to talk about. So now with that all being said, I do want to say yet again, happy Mother's Day to all the mothers out there. Um, I hope you guys are enjoying your Mother's Day. I hope you are surrounded by your loved ones and I hope you are just cherishing in that uh, embrace from your loved ones on today. And basically every day, hopefully every day is a good day for you, not just Mother Day like that day selected for you. I hope every day is good for everyone. Not just the mothers, but the fathers, the children, everybody. But today's Mother's Day, so you got to give especially uh, extra reverence to your mother. If you have a loving relationship, that's only if you have a loving relationship with your mother. Certain people don't got uh, those type of relationships, so I'm not going to go on that route. But if you have a loving relationship with your mother, send your mother a text, call her up, or send her down a gift. That's all I got to say for that one. But again, happy Mother's Day to uh, the mothers out there. Now with that out the way it's time for me to get you guys out of here i want to thank you guys for listening to the podcast but before i get to you guys officially i want to thank apple podcast google Podcasts, podbeam audible all the podcast sites that i'm on because without the podcast sites they would not be able to uh send the episodes or this podcast out to you guys the listeners so i gotta thank them first but secondly and extremely secondly not too much secondly you guys are literally on the same plateau with the uh podcast sites but you guys the listeners i want to thank you guys for downloading episodes every single week um i see it in the metrics i appreciate it also fair warning again it is mental health awareness month so please go see a therapist go see a psychiatrist please talk to someone that you uh if you are having problems or you need to speak to someone if you have no one or you feel that your problems are too big for them and you want to just speak to someone um my email is in the episode description every single week, but I'll say it to you now. My email is my2centspod at yahoo.com. Um you guys can email me there. I'm always open. If you guys just want to have a talk or chat, my email is open for you guys. Always use that. Now with that being said, always remember I
1: love my love.
0: I do love you guys that's not a gimmick this is all for real i really mean that from the bottom of my heart. i don't think too many people will be opening their email address to a lot of people if they don't really mean that again i'm all about conversations i'm all about uh just trying to have that person-to-person interaction so i truly mean from the bottom of my heart i do love every single one of you guys i want you guys to have a good saturday well not saturday good sunday excuse me um and just enjoy yourself have a good day have a good week And uh, be kind and courteous to everyone that you come in contact with because you don't know what type of day someone's having. So at least try to be the better person, if you will. If someone tries to upset you, just be the better person and shrug it off your shoulders if you can. So again, with that, have a good Sunday. Have a good Mother's Day to you guys, the mothers. And just have a good week. Remember, I will be back here next Sunday with uh, more weekly news as things pop up in the week uh i will be talking about wrestling on saturdays if you listen to wrestling episodes they're there and also for the midweek breakdowns where i on wednesday i'm talking to you guys for 10 to 15 to 20 minutes and you hear me just play the song of the week to end this out that's always on wednesday so there you go now with all that self-promotion out of the way this has been my two cents podcast hosted by g2 i am g2 he is i and i am him i do love you guys this isn't goodbye this is until you hear from the sweet sounding voice again and remember just take care of yourself and just try to have a great day and just if you could if you're spiritual like that just say a prayer for everyone that you uh do know and love and just everybody out there and just pray for them to have a blessed day now, with that being said, I love you guys. You'll hear from me again. But with that, Kanye, can you please take these people home? I'm tired. You tired. Uh-huh. Jesus, I- wept.